is Paul Wilson. And Jason Worley. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Guys, we got a special guest host, uh, Jason Worley from WC Fab. Jason, how the hell are you? I'm doing great, Paul. Long time no see. It's been quite a while since I've been on the podcast, and uh, it's nice to be back. Yeah, man. You know, last time, and Justin and I were just talking about this, last time uh, we came out to your shop and got to walk around and kind of see everything. This is this is, I think, the first time you and I have gotten to to take a look at the shop here at Duramax Tuner and look. Um, there's not nearly as much powder coating or as many people running around now as compared to when we ran out to your place. Jesus Christ, you guys, you guys were packed then. I understand, still j- just slammed with stuff going on now. Yeah, I think it was about a year ago or so. Now you guys uh, came down. You and Chris were at the shop, and we gave you a, a tour of the place and showed you around a little bit. Um, yeah, we got a big crew, a lot of guys running around and a lot of stuff happening all over the place between each division. Uh, and it hasn't gotten any slower by no means. You know, it's, it's been a solid year. <laughs> That's good, man. That's good. Well, hey, listeners, this week over at Calibrated Power Duramax Tuner, uh, we have a brand new stealth boost tester kit that we're working on getting a product launch ready for. So this is the first place we're actually like announcing this is a real product we're getting ready to go live with. Hoping to have it out right before Christmas. Uh, so any of you guys who really get super heavy-duty stockings, uh, might be a great stocking stuffer for you. Jason, have you had a chance? Have we shown you the Stealth Boost Tester kit yet? I saw your teaser on social media. I haven't seen it in person yet. I saw it was a LB7, or are you making one compatible for all VGTs as well? We're going we're gonna to have them all. So all the Duramaxes are going to be supported as we go live. We actually already have all the products built. They're just finishing packaging right now. Um, it's a really, really cool concept where I'm sure you know, like all diesel shop owners know, 80% of the trucks that come in have a boost leak and the guy never knew it. Um. Yeah, I would probably <laughs> venture to guess that boost leaks are probably the number one overlooked item on these trucks with people working on them, even the do-it-yourselfer. Like, people totally overlook the fact of boost leaks and how big of a deal they can be on a truck's performance. So it's definitely a an ace for that product there. It's, that's definitely a good call. That's right. And and, and one of the flaws that, that we have seen throughout the years is we've, especially as we've gotten into turbo manufacturing, is we have brand new trucks come in or very new trucks come in and we boost test them at the discharge pipe, so the hot side intercooler pipe right off of the turbo, and we boost test it and it, it's fine. And you put it all back together and you're like, man, this thing still has the symptoms of a boost leak and you you rack your head against the wall well it turns out if you pull that turbo off from the factory we a hundred percent have had oem turbos with a seal leak on the compressor cover yeah so testing it from the right at the intercooler pipe connection you pretty much eliminated testing the turbocharger which obviously is a culprit in some cases that's right of of a leak point that's right yeah So, So, yeah. so the new stealth boost tester kit all bolt to the face of the turbo or the inlet air horn so you'll either pull, like on a VVT, you'll be able to just pull the intake off because it's just a V-band yep. clamp, and then V-band clamp right onto the Stealth Boost Tester, which has a chuck to plug into our high-quality regulator. So liquid-filled mm-hmm. gauge, heavy-duty regulator, something that's going to last you a long, long time and be able to be in your, your toolkit for the rest of your mechanical Does it life. come with a bottle of soapy water? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it doesn't come with the soapy water. No, it's funny you say that because I've always laughed at the, the different mechanics I see in the shop because everybody knows I won't turn a wrench to save my life. But but I, I get to see the, the three or four different mechanics, and one of them does not matter how big the boost leak is. There could be a hole 
you could fit two fingers inside of he will go get his soapy water out and spray around it and i'm like bro <laughs> just gotta bro, see those bubbles man we, we all see where it's leaking like we can hear where it's leaking i could put my finger over it it's leaking there's <laughs> the soapy water's not helping out. There's also another guy. Well, when the leak is that big, it usually just blows the water away. Yeah, there's yeah, not right. even bubbles. Yeah, like, there's nothing. I'm like, what are what – are, he's like, it's, see the mist? It's see actually mist? funny you mentioned that. We were at the drag strip, um, the buyer and diesel drag days there just a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, and we were out there with the L5P shop truck uh, that some of you might follow on the YouTube channel. Uh, currently the highest horsepower one. At least that I, last I knew of. Uh, we did hold the, the fastest quarter mile record, but I think that just got broke a couple weeks ago. Um, but we were at the drag strip, and the thing was just running poor. It was way off from what it normally did. And we get back, and we're boost testing it, and it's like, there's no leaks. And the leak was so big, it was, it was, and there's noise, obviously, when you're, you're blowing air into the engine. You know, you can't always just listen for boost leaks. That's why you got to spray. Well, there was so much air coming out, like it was coming out as fast as it was going in, and we ended up finding a leak on the very, very bottom side of the intercooler, and it's like, you could have sprayed it all day, and you wouldn't even have noticed, because it's just blowing the blowing the water right away, but once we took the intercooler off and tested just the cooler, it's like, oh yeah, there's a gaping hole right here. Right, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and it was in a spot where you couldn't see it, you know, it's behind the, up against the radiator, a bunch of plastic, like you couldn't get soap on it, Right. but you just like, you could hear that general area, but yeah, it's perfect example. There you go, man, and and, and we run into it all the time, so that's where I think this kit's going to be something that's a really, really big thing for guys. Um, being able to grab something, get some high-quality parts, get something that's going to last, and get something that's going to be accurate and has a lot of cool features with it. So we're excited for that product. We also, of course, have L5P Stealth Turbo Testing uh, right around the corner. We're working. We're, we're trying to Do keep everything under wraps. We're keeping everything under wraps. Right now, what I can say is we are working on validation testing on a fuel-only L5P. Um, and we're looking for guys to make a guess on what that horsepower number is going to come out to be. So we have not released any numbers to this point. Um, once validation testing is done, and we have two different trucks with the same turbo on it and the same fuel system, we'll then be able to determine, okay, this is a consistent number. This is this and, is ready to tell people. And about. we might have a truck in the background with some extra fuel. Right. To maybe. see what that does. <laughs> Just maybe. <laughs> Just maybe. Just for testing purposes. Um, <laughs> so I think that'll, that'll be a lot of fun. So, guys, uh, if you want to talk more about that, there's a couple of places you can come and talk to myself and a lot of other guys. Uh, that's our Facebook groups. So, number one, fans of Diesel Performance Podcast, rapidly growing Facebook group. Thank you guys so much for getting in there and participating. Post questions about your truck. It doesn't matter how new you are to diesel or how long you've been around. We're always happy happy to help out. Nobody's going to tell you to use the search bar. We're just going to try to help you and answer your questions in a polite way. Uh, and then also, if you are north of the border and you're up in Canada, please jump on and join Canadian Diesel Community. That's a really fun Facebook group just for our guys up north. Uh, guys like Jim McNichol, Byron Sador, all sorts of other big horsepower Canadian guys, all going to be a part of that group. So you can jump in and join and, and talk with them and get some great feedback there as well. Uh, Jason, I wanted to ask you, have you tested out the Exergy fuel additives yet? Yeah, I've got it. I've been using it in my trucks. I know um, all my bro two of my brothers have been using it in theirs, and several of the employees at the shop. Um, we saw Randy at Shides earlier this year, and he was telling us about it. And we had a couple cases shipped to us, and we've been running it. And I know we've been selling it. It's been a hot seller. It's been uh, been great stuff. And yep. Randy, typical Exergy, they go above and beyond um, doing their development and testing. And I know they had <laughs> many, many uh, 
outside sources do uh, doing tests on it and it's got some you got all the more details probably than i do off the top of my head you know it it, of course i love that you phrase it like this like of course randy randy from exergy um above and beyond when it comes to validation testing (laughs) like it's it's on another level the engineering and the science that goes into this uh we've talked about fuel additive in the past i think i've been quoted as saying things like i don't pay for snake oil um I, I've been burnt, man. Like, I've wasted my money on pouring crap in my tank that did nothing for me. And I know that as we're getting the Exergy fuel additives, whether it's the winter blend or the summer blend or whatever you're looking for, I know that I'm getting something that's actually going to make a difference. So Chris and I are going to be doing a special episode on that. He's going to run some in his Cummins as soon as he gets it back. That's under some some testing right now. Uh, and then I'll be running it in my, my emissions-equipped uh, totally stock X5. Um we're going to see what happens. So I'm excited to have some results. We're looking to get Randy on the show uh, or one of the other guys from Exergy to talk to us a little bit more about that. Guys, if you're interested, you can check out WC Fab. Coming soon, you'll be able to check out Duramax Tuner as well to go ahead and get your hands on some of that Exergy fuel additive. Uh, really, really cool stuff, man. I'm excited for it. Um, now, Jason, the reason I brought you in today was it's it's been a boring year as far as sports go. There's, Depending what kind of sports you're into. Well, <laughs> even the diesel sports, man, have been few and far between. There's been a couple yeah. of events, and you've gotten to go to a lot more of them, I know, than I have. Um, but but we missed our big ones, man. We missed Diesel Power Challenge. We missed mm-hmm. um, Ultimate Callout Challenge. We missed uh, most of the big races, most of the big sled pulls. Towards the end of the year, some things started going on. Did you get to make it to anything? Yeah, truck pulling was pretty limited this year. We definitely changed things up. A um, little less time truck pulling, a little more time... Uh, behind the ski boat and on the motocross bike but that's okay we still had fun but uh yeah definitely an odd year we've been i mean i've been truck pulling pretty consistently all summer long for three months of that of the year every year for probably the last eight or ten years so this year was was definitely different and as i said we spent a lot more time on the water and a little bit more time on the dirt with the uh, motocross but uh yeah it's it was quiet in that regards. You know, we, we ended up making it to Shides at the end of the season. Shides still went on. Jeremy Wagler and Shide Diesel put on a great event down there, and we had a lot of fun. Um, but obviously, yeah, with UCC being canceled and Diesel Power Challenge getting canceled, um, it was a pretty quiet first half of the year. So I actually was in the process last winter of rebuilding my pull truck. So it actually worked out fine for me because it wasn't ready for the beginning of the year anyways. <laughs> so I had some extra time to get it done. Um, but ISP ended up still being able to pull off, uh, I think, five or six events. Normally we do about 30 to 35 events a year. Yeah. And we had a handful we were able to get in just towards the end of the season there that were you know privately held on private property where we didn't have to deal so much with uh, fairs and fair boards and, and state so much. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Well, glad to hear it. Glad to hear you got to get out in the dirt and have some fun with the trucks. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and at least that it got put back together because I know that's the story of everybody who sled pulls. Is, oh, well, I just need to just, it'll be ready soon. Yeah. No, we, <laughs> we thrashed on it pretty hard there. And then when everything started going down with COVID there in March and April, it's like, ah, oh, well, this doesn't need to get done right now, I guess. <laughs> so it got shoved in the corner for two months and didn't get touched again until July. And we ended up getting the truck finished uh, towards the end of July. And then I got married this year too. So that kind of I wouldn't say throw a wrench in things. It just changed some of my priorities a little bit this year. <laughs> um, so, Why? That's just a one-day event. Yeah, That's yeah, it. one you day. Just show up, right? One day. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, so we ended up getting it finished towards the end of the year there, and and we made some events in uh, the end of July and a couple in August and some in early September there. Okay, so so just to recap your storyline here, you found out that you had some extra time. 
pushed the truck in the corner, and then at the last minute had to rush to get it ready to go to the event. Yes, correct. Just typical <laughs> truck pulling mentality. I mean, we worked all winter long, and we're, we're doing great. We're, we're ahead of schedule. Like We're going to show up for the test hooks. We're not going to have to worry about testing the day of a points hook. And sure enough, we, we scrambled, and I think we got it done like the night before the first actual hook, which was like the week, first weekend in August or yeah, something. Yeah, Just barely made it. <laughs> so it, it was no different than a normal there uh, year there. Uh, now, now, what are the other big things that's gone on? Uh, your guys' ten-year anniversary. I know that was a that was a great event for you guys. Uh, t- tell our listeners a little bit about it. Yeah. So, um, if if you weren't local and didn't happen to make it to the event, we uh, one big exciting thing that we had this year that, that kind of rounded off the year, and it was actually a last-minute decision and a last-minute uh, throw together that ended up working out exceptionally well, and we had a great time. I know Calibrated Power was a sponsor of it, as well as XRG and a lot of other, you know, big-name vendors and people we deal with, and we really appreciate all their support. Uh, 2020 marked uh, 10 years of business for the WC Fab brand, and um, we decided, I want to say it was mid-July, late July, when we really got to the point where, okay, Poland season ends pretty much Labor Day weekend around around these parts. is That's the end of Poland season. And by middle of July, it's like, okay, this, this COVID stuff, like it's, it's ruined the season. The season's not going to happen. Well, we're not, we don't want to go out that way. We're, we got to do an event. We got to do something. And, and eventually at first it was just going to be a small thing. We're going to invite vendors out and customers and we're just going to have a small thing. Well, then we turn it into an ISP sponsored full blown show. (laughs) So, because we can't do anything half-assed. So we, uh, we planned in a mere seven weeks, I think it was, we, we planned an event, um, well, we'll get into more detail later, but I, I, we bought some property just down the street from the shop. We got a little 10, 11-acre chunk of land, and just so happened that we bought that this year. And perfect place to have a truck pulled, nice and conveniently <laughs> located down the street from the shop. <laughs> so we started planning. Uh, we went to the city, talked to the city about it, and got the approval from them so we weren't pissing off any Karens. And uh, <laughs> we, uh, we got the approval from the city and the health department to have the event. We were able to have a couple small food trucks on site and rented some bleachers, put up all your standard uh, COVID equipment signs, and um, had a truck pull. Had a 10th anniversary pull. We had, uh, like I said, it was ISP sponsored, and I think we had 25 um, other sponsors, you know, people we do business with and dealers and people in the industry that, that help support us for our 10th year in business. You know, had a 10th anniversary T-shirt, which we got quite a bit left of. I overestimated on those, so you can go on the website and get your 10th anniversary T-shirt if you missed out. Uh, it's got really cool graphics on there and supporting all the sponsors on the back. Um, so, yeah, I think we had we had close to 90, 90 competition vehicles. Um, had a nice five-hour event. Had a great turnout, and it was a hell of a time. We ended up – it almost got ruined. It, we ended up – originally it was scheduled for September 10th or 12th, I think. I think it was the 12th. And we had like five inches of rain in three days, and <laughs> it was, was a disaster. Brutal. It was absolutely brutal. And we already had the track cut in, and it was ready to rock and roll, and there's, there's no fucking way this is happening. Yeah. So we we did a last-minute reschedule. We, we canceled it on Friday. The event was supposed to be on a Saturday. We canceled it on Friday and rescheduled it for the following Saturday. And we're like, this is either going to be a— uh, it's either going to be awesome or it's going to be a bust. We don't yeah. know because, you know, stuff like that, guys got stuff scheduled trying to do, you know, it's end of summer. They might have other plans with their family. Like we might have half the amount of competitors show up or half the amount of people show up. We rescheduled and that whole next week, the weather was beautiful and it just ended up being a gorgeous day. Yeah. The sun was out shining. The track was 
probably the best track we've ever been on all year, <laughs> which isn't saying much. We were only on six tracks right, this year. Right, right, right. But, but still, hey, best yeah. of six. <laughs> um, so it ended up working out great. Our team uh, did an excellent job. Uh, Chris in the office and all of my guys in the office uh, and girls, everyone helped put it together. And a lot of guys in the shop helped too, you know, setting up the track and just setting up equipment. You know, definitely a big pat on the back for the whole team, the whole crew putting it together and getting it done in very short time. And it, it was just awesome. Like, I want to do it again. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if we do or not. We haven't actually made that call yet. That sounds but, like such a terrible idea. It's seven yeah. weeks. You had to do a last-minute reschedule. Oh, man. Everything Everyone's... worked against you. And you're like, man, the weather was so nice that day. It was. There was 90 trucks. Like <laughs> it worked. It couldn't have worked out any better. But in, in all reality, i got to give it out to my brother, Ryan. It, it was early in the year, March or April, maybe even earlier than then. He's like, you know, it's our 10-year anniversary. What are we going to do this year? It's like, oh, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure something out. And this is all before kind of, I think it was before COVID went down. He's like, oh, we should have a truck pull. It's like, <laughs> no fucking way. We ain't doing that. No. That's a headache. We are not messing You're with like, that. You're like, I was thinking pizza? No like, way. Like, <laughs> like We don't have time in the schedule. Like the polling schedule starts, uh, you know, Father's Day weekend and it goes to Labor Day. Like there's not a single open weekend. Like there's, there's no time to do it. So we scrapped that idea like right after it was discussed. Yeah. And then July rolled back around and it's like, well, maybe we should have a truck pull. <laughs> so I got to get up to Ryan. It was Ryan's idea in the beginning there. And we were like, yeah, no, not a good idea. And then we turned it into a great idea and made it happen. So that's awesome. It was a good man. group effort. And again, thanks for all the sponsors. And if you made it out there, obviously, uh, you know, hopefully you enjoyed yourself. You had a good time and it was, it was a hell of a day. A lot of fun. So there's no for sure yet. You know, we'd like to do it again next year. But uh, we'll see what the schedule looks like, and we'll see if we have a place to do it and, and the time to do it and the energy. I dig it. 11-year so. anniversary. <laughs> so that's the thing. Yeah, it's like 10-year. That was the big deal. So maybe we'll take a few years off, and we'll wait till our 15-year anniversary or something. Uh, I'm not going to be able to wait that long. I had too much fun. <laughs> it's going to have to happen again. That's it. Jason's ready to go. I dig it, man. Hey, that that's how a lot of these events get started, you know, when you look back over time, and you're like, some of these annual things we go to, you realize it did just start out of somebody's harebrained, I, you know, scheme at, at one point of like, yeah, we should do this, like as a moonshot, and you're like, mm -hmm. maybe we should do it again. I like that. I, I feel like that's also the story behind sled pulling and every project truck ever built of like, oh, I got this moonshot of an idea, like I got, I'm, I'm gonna put this together, and this is gonna go great. Now you guys got a project truck going on. Um, Tell our listeners a little bit about that, and then and then we're going to dive into some hardcore sled pulling talk here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for anyone that follows WC Fab or, or follows the truck pulling that we've been doing over the years, um, my one of my one of my personal trucks that I built uh, 2015 or so 2016, I think we came out. It was built for Illini State Pullers, which is a local organization here that we're, that we're a part of um, for their altered stock class, which is like a Intermediate level class, there, there's no weight bars allowed in it. There was no hood stacks. It was a short wheelbase, and it was actually a class It was pretty interesting. It was a gas versus diesel class. So I, I built a um, – I've been a big – I've always been a big square body fan. So I built a 1976 GMC uh, square body uh, on an old one-ton chassis, put a Duramax in it. Um, our rules, we still had to run a normal – one-ton style transmission, so an NV4500 behind it with a 205 transfer case, um, big rear end, Dana 60 in the front, and came out with that in 2016, and I ran that for three or four seasons. Um, I think I finished second two years in a row, and then 2019, I, I won the, the points championship with that truck, and then I got the harebrained idea to tear apart a perfectly great truck that worked really well, and... <laughs> 
go up to another class. So I would thank my friend Jeremy Beats for that one. We kind of all put our heads together, and we've for several years we've been talking about building a diesel-only um, short wheelbase lighter uh, truck class. Um, so obviously all the big truck classes out there in the diesel motorsports is, you know, most of them are 8,000 pounds. Most of them are 158-inch wheelbase, dual rear wheels, uh, that kind of thing. And, and around here with the local organization um, and the local trucks, we really wanted to do something a little bit different and a little something different to sell to the fairs. So we kind of modeled it after your super stock gas class. We've got a 137-inch uh, wheelbase, so single cab, eight-foot bed trucks. Um, 6,500 pounds. So it's a driver class. It's uh, it's not all about how much horsepower you make. It's definitely a lot of setup and a lot of driving. Uh, so it's different. It's cool. And we this is so this is a new class we just developed. And 2020 was supposed to be the first year for it. We had a couple trucks that were built in 2019 that ran like exhibition in 2019. And 2020 was supposed to be the first legit year. We sold the class to several fairs, and we had I think 13 or 14 hooks on the schedule. So I took my truck and pretty much rebuilt it uh, for this new class. And then 2020 came about, and we all know what happened after that. So. Um, so pretty much I spent all last winter rebuilding this perfectly great truck for a new class. <laughs> and then we didn't have a pulling season. Doesn't pull, right. So we did make some exhibition hooks with it uh, later on in the year at least. And I think we made five or six passes with it. And it's getting dialed in and hopefully be ready for a normal season next year. Well, that's got to be tough to put a truck like that into an exhibition hook because you don't have anybody to set it against to say like, oh, no this is the weight we're all running therefore this is a reasonable weight like if you're just yep so what do you, you run it against the same so, weight as an eight thousand pound class no so luckily it worked out we had a nice stepping stone for the club and for the members and for the spectators to see what was happening because isp has a 6500 pound open class it's straight that if your vehicle weighs 6500 pounds meets safety requirements and yeah that's it yeah if you meet those two requirements you can pull in the class. So that class has tractors. It has trucks with bar tires. It has trucks with DOT tires. <laughs> it's got, it's got you know, um, front engine tractors. It's got yeah. farm tractors. It's got everything in it. So we we're able to the couple of guys that built these trucks that are interested in this class. We we were all pulling in this this 6500 open class. So we had other vehicles in there that were very similar to ours, and we, we ran the same turbos and kept things similar because we already had a set of rules kind of pre-planned in the background for this new class. So gotcha. these trucks all got built around this set of rules, and we spent that first year 2019 kind of pulling in this class and showing everybody like this is the class we're trying to build. This is what these three or four trucks are for, and you know we got two or three four other guys on on the other end that are all talking about it. So you know we got six seven maybe eight guys. Um, planning to be on this class uh for for next year um so it was it worked out okay because we had we were able to judge each other a little bit and, and know what we were getting in for because yeah. we were able to pull in this open class the year before <laughs> so it was a lot of fun it was i a lot like of fun. it man i think that's going to be a fun one to watch i think you're right i think that's going to be a lot of um it's different it's the the biggest thing that we try and do with it is you know, you can build a pulling truck as strong as you want and put the biggest rear end and front end and gears and axles. I mean, the, the heavy trucks still have a lot of carnage. When a heavy truck gets bouncing and when the sleds get heavier and when they get going faster, it's just, there's no doubt about it, it's rougher on everything and there's more carnage. <laughs> so the thing with the light trucks is they're not always hooked up and just being lighter, it's just, it's easier on parts. Like you can ask any veteran truck puller, like, a lighter class is going to be easier on parts. So we kind of look at it in the grand scheme of things to be, which this is a crazy thing to say, 
but a little less expensive because the trucks are potentially going to stay together a little longer and you don't necessarily need as big and crazy, you know, rear ends and front ends and things like that. These trucks only run single rear wheels. We're not running on duals. Um, and, you know, like I said several times, it's, it's a lot more about driving and reading the track and understanding your truck and understanding the clutch and the engine and everything um, versus just having all the power and all the weight and just going out there and giving her all she's got. So, you know, we're really hoping it's a little little easier class to enter. There's a lot of chassis out there for sale from the gas super stock classes, which we kind of based our rules around. You know, a guy that wants to get into this class, he could literally go pick up a rolling chassis for, you know, 10, 15, 20 grand with, with some good parts. And you could drop in your, your motor and fuel system and, and engine that you might have already had from another truck. And you could put together a competitive truck for this class, which, you know, $50,000 sounds like a lot of money. But in regards to these, you know, high level classes, 50000 or $75,000 is, is the cheaper end of a, a polling class at this level. Yeah. But you could you could enter this class and be competitive at a little bit lower level than, I mean, to go build a, a 3.0 or a 3.6, 158-inch uh, wheelbase, PPL, NTPA style um, truck, you're going to spend 150, 125 grand to build one. To build one. To build not, one. Not to run it. Yeah, that's not, to build one. Not to repair one. it. So I mean, 20, 30, 40 percent less. This this lighter, shorter wheelbase class, and you know you're going to make every event because you're not going to be tearing your shit up all the time. <laughs> um, so that's kind of the idea behind what, it. What's we the get a lot power of level in this? Where where do so you guys put the limits on power? The it it's very similar to the three inch um, uh, PPL class. So the the light the um, the limited pros is what the three inch 158 inch trucks are so we call our class um light pro okay so it's it's just like those trucks it's just shorter wheelbase single rear wheel and it's a three inch charger so where's three inch smooth bore is your limits you know you still you can run a weight bar you can run a hood stack you can run open driveline you can have a drop box reverser you can have a gutted bed um but it's single rear wheel short wheelbase at 6,500 pounds, so you're 1,500 pounds lighter than the other trucks. So are we getting? Are, this is where I always get lost. When we talk about 3.0 smoothbore, we're talking about thousand horsepower truck easy. Oh, now you want me to talk numbers? Well, just a, a ballpark, <laughs> a ballpark. Maybe not your truck. Like you yeah, would expect so a truck in this class with a 3.0 smoothbore. You know, the number is just that. It's a number. And a diner, dyno is very all over. And whether you're on your engine builder's dyno or somebody else's dyno, how, how big of a number they want you to see, but. A three-inch smoothbore uh, today um, is is very competitive. They they can range anywhere from I would give it a range of thirteen hundred to fifteen hundred horsepower. Um, so it's up there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's way more power than a <laughs> than a sixty-five hundred-pound truck needs. Um, That's exactly what I'm thinking. It's, it's like you yeah, fucking nuts. What I mean, are you doing? You're you're. It's a lot of throttle and clutch control. A lot of throttle and clutch control, no doubt. Um, where fifteen hundred horse or fourteen hundred horse on an eight thousand pound truck, fucking lay into that. That sucker has and dualies. Go. That, yes, that has good grip. Yes. That has cut tires. That like that yeah. I can actually. I know I'm hooking up, and I'm. I'm so you know, you got thirty percent less tire on the ground and fifteen hundred <laughs> less pounds weight. So now, would would somebody be insane to go because th this is the balance of sled pulling, right? Is you have this limit of a three zero smooth bore. Everybody, nobody's nobody's gonna go run a stealth sixty four a drop in turbo or like no not like in these a, classes a small sixty three mil like be but but you might not actually use more than eight hundred horsepower yes on honestly track. in in this class that that we're talking about that you know I've built my truck for and um, you know Aaron Jess another guy that pulls with ISP and and Jeremy Beats the Beats brothers um, you've probably heard of uh, 
uh, Dirty Deer, the Dirty yeah. Deer, the John Deere truck. A um, couple other guys, Jake Thompson, Jeremy Moss, some guys that we pull with. I mean, you could honestly, and I strongly believe you could come out in this class with lesser horsepower and probably kick our ass with the guys that have more horsepower on certain days and certain tracks. Yeah. Because it's that much of a difference with not only track conditions, but just in general, sometimes these lesser horsepower trucks in a lighter class do really well. So that's what else makes it fun. It's not always about, oh, that guy's got a, a pile of money and a pile of time in his truck, and he goes out and wins every hook, because that's not always the case. Right. Because the, the driving is so important, and the track conditions, and, and reading the track, and just getting a good hook and a good line. And you know, there's so many more things that come into play versus just having 50 more horse than the guy oh, the you guys, guy in the class. Oh, you guys steer three inches to the left and three inches to the right and talk about what an expert you are. <laughs> Get out of here. It's dirt. You just drive. I keep one eye closed. <laughs> Okay, so so walk me through it. If if I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna build a truck like this, you said I can get like a rolling chassis. Um, when I think of chassis, I'm thinking that's like I'm ready to go. I got a frame. I got I got tires. You know, my maybe my hitch is already set up, right? I already got some weights in it or so, something like this. How much of it am I getting when I'm getting a rolling chassis? What what am I looking at there? It's typically everything but your engine, your clutch, and, you know, sometimes a transmission. A lot of times these, um, an open driveline truck, which is what we're referring to, has a Dropbox transfer case, you know, whether it's SCS or ProFab, where your transfer case and your transmission are kind of one unit, and that's typically part of the chassis. So when I say rolling chassis, you can buy that whole unit, and all you got to do is get a clutch and an engine, and you're ready to go pulling. I make no, that sound I, really simple. It's not I, that simple. I know. <laughs> well, okay. Well, what's the benefit of buying somebody else's headache? I mean, a rolling chassis, or <laughs> or going and taking my truck and saying, okay, I have, I've had this truck for five years. Now I'm ready to convert it. Oh, you could certainly do that. And there's no reason you can't. It's just obviously buying all these high end fancy pulling parts new versus second hand. You know, you're talking fifty cents on the dollar. So if you want to spend the extra money and build a, build one yourself, there's nothing wrong with that. But the idea behind the class and the mindset we used with the rules is gas trucks, which gas trucks have been pulling since the, the 70s. Like, I, I know some guys from ISP, like, they're pioneers, you know, Wally Harvell and um, Brummel. They, they're pioneers. I mean, they've, they've literally been pulling these trucks since the 70s. Yeah. They've been around forever. So, you literally, gas truck pulling has been around for 50 years now. So, gas truck pulling hasn't changed a lot over the years in regards to the chassis and, and the class rules. The stuff I've mentioned several times, the 130 to 137-inch wheelbase, or right around in that, or 127 to 133, right in that range, your, your single-cab long bed trucks. That's what guys have used for the last 40 years for gas classes. So, figured, not figuratively speaking, you find these chassis a dime a dozen because they've literally been getting built around this similar set of rules for 40, 50 years. So it's easy to go on racing junk or to go on social media to truck pulling pages and be able to come across a truck that maybe somebody built five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever, but it meets the rules of this class that we're designing. Sure, it had a, a V8 in it probably, right? Uh, but it's not a big deal to put a diesel in it. So, But the chassis itself, the axles, the body, the, the transmission, the weight bar, all that stuff, it's all going to meet the rules or be very close to. So you could pick up something like that, and you could literally, if you have a powertrain ready, um, have a truck ready to go in a couple months versus taking your single-cab daily driver 04, 05, LOI, or LBZ and stripping her down to the frame and starting from bare scratch. That's going to be a project. <laughs> That's going to be, you know, a six-, eight-month ordeal. So time, money. I mean, I, I say you can pick up these trucks, you know, cheaper because you're going to put a whole lot more than 15, 20 grand into building yours to get to the – level you need to be to, to get to stay that reliable chassis. yeah okay. i mean just a 
Dropbox and Dropbox and drive shafts. I mean, you got seven, eight grand wrapped up just in that stuff. So when you can buy that stuff secondhand on a truck that's been out and about for a couple of years and probably it's a good chassis, it's been dialed in, it's been, it works, you know, you're not starting from scratch and figuring it out. So it's a easier entry into the class, I guess is what I'm getting at. I mean, a lot okay. of guys go to stock class truck pulling and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's where everyone starts. We all started their yeah. stock class truck pulling. And then from there, it's kind of stair-stepping up your way. And, you know, you, you find, you know, what you can afford and, and how dedicated you are, you know, whether or not you're going to be going three, four days a week or you just want to do it, you know, every other weekend throughout the summer. But you don't want to sink a pile of money into this and, and not use it as much as you can. I mean, pulling season's only three months. You're going to make every goddamn pull you can. <laughs> so... I love um, that. I love a guy that. can go from a stock class, and whether you rebuild your stock class truck or you don't use that truck and you buy one of these rollers, it's it's your next step up. When you've when you've been winning stock class long enough and you're ready to move up to the next step and, and go to the next level, yeah. you know, the, the light pro class that we designed around here. Obviously, this is only relevant to guys in the Midwest here. You know, what we what we love about ISP and just in this general, this, this group of guys that run with this club is, you know, like I said earlier, we got between 30 and 35 hooks total in the club. Um, the class, you might be around 20 hooks a year for the class, but I can go to 20, 25 hooks a year and not drive more than two hours from home, Yeah, which is nice because I like to do other shit on the weekends. <laughs> I like to go boating. I like to go ride my dirt bike and do other stuff. But like, I don't want to dedicate a Thursday to a Monday to drive yeah. 10 hours to go run a 20 second truck pull. No, this is man. This is, so. <laughs> this is the heartland of sled pulling. Yeah. Right? It's so like, this it's, is where it's at. I, I love the national league and I love going to PPL events and, and traveling and doing that stuff. But I got too many other hobbies I like to do, yeah. so I got to yeah. keep it local. So we really support <laughs> ISP, and you guys do too, and we appreciate that. You know, I've been a part of ISP since 2008 now, and I've been on the I've been on the board with ISP for four or five years. So it's you know we're so longer we love than it. WC Fab has been around. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I started going nerd. to truck pulls in high school, and that was before WC Fab was a thing. I guess really. <laughs> I mean, ISP and truck pulling is what started WC Fab. So yeah, that's kind of the, the beginning of it all. And so that's just that's the one truck. We also have the OG, the what started it all, the the LB7 shop truck. Which if you jump on our social media just this past week, a couple of days ago, or as the day of this recording, I think it was posted today, we did a throwback Thursday shot of the old LB7 shop truck. So anyone that's followed WC Fab for any sort of time knows about the original LB7 bubble nose, which started it all. I bought that truck in <laughs> high school, and and uh, it really was the. Uh, the start of everything and i still got it and uh we truck pull with that one in a different class than isp it's a hot street class where pretty much anything goes under the hood <laughs> aside from nitrous um but you got to stick on a one-ton driveline so that's a that's a tough class because you tear shit up yeah we tear shit up a lot <laughs> so but it's fun because it's and that's an eight thousand pound class and it's you know they're i got a big compound set on that truck a s400 over a big uh, precision it's probably 12 or 1200 horse or something and it's just stupid <laughs> tearing tearing shit up all the time we work on that truck a whole lot more than we work on the light pro truck i'll tell you that it's always an lb7 it's always yeah nick yeah yes yeah i mean you just go it's the time period i yeah. mean you know is Nick's, that why you and nick were friends and you're like we, i got a bubble nose i got a bubble yeah, nose. i yeah, got his, compounds <laughs> i got compounds did we just become best friends yeah oh was the, his old <laughs> 01 Oh I think God. when I first met Nick, yeah, he was still driving that one around because he started that stuff back in, I was 06 or whatever, right around there. And I think I met him in 07 or 08 maybe. Yeah. So, yeah, the bubble nose, man. That's what started it all. I it's know. The, it's the beginning of the Duramax. All, so. all you guys and your nostalgia. There's just, I mean, <laughs> I, look at a, I look at an LB7 right now and it's like, 
Jesus, this is like a gas 350. There's nothing to it <laughs> compared to looking out of the hood of a L5P yeah. nowadays or a 6.7. It's like, ugh. Yeah, what do you mean I don't got to pull back seven inches of plastic yeah. on top of it? I mean, from the motor out of the LB7, which yeah. is still, I mean, I still street drive the truck. It's its a legit hot street truck. Like, we, we have truck pull mode and we have street mode. And there's, <laughs> there's you know, 1,500 pounds of weight. You're the only guy in the U.S. running a DSP2. Two, two, I have a DSP. Two. I have a lockable DSP switch in that truck. So depending <laughs> on who's driving it, I can pull it out of a certain tune. Um, no, we got street. I got a set of street tires. We got a set of pulling tires. You know, take the hitch off, put the license plate back on, and take the 1,500 pounds of steel out of the front, and we street drive it or burn yeah. the tires off on the street. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere <laughs> but sideways. Um, but no, it's it's wild. It's it's a fun truck. But that's that's what started it all. I mean, it's where the business started. I mean, I built my first uh, my first twin kit on that truck in my parents' garage in 2010. So. Jesus. Yeah. Pie cuts. Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> That was cool. I get it. I get it. It looks good. It look, yeah. No, it is. It, it's it's funny now, you, you know, that, that we talk about sled pull trucks and, like, the builds that go on. And, and the LB7 you mentioned, I'm like, I've seen, I don't know how many different turbo setups on that truck just in the time oh, that I've seen it, I right? I can't even so count like, them all. It's I don't have fingers to count them all. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it, it's, it's one of those things where, like, like you mentioned, like, back in the day, just having the LB7 was cool. Mm-hmm. And, and then, like, then getting into work stock was cool. And then... It, it, it kind of is always progressing. If you could pull back right now and just say, man, I have no obstacles. Here's the truck I'm going to build, and I'm going to go sled pulling with it, and this is my sled pull truck. Would you go all the way out to, to like, the 3.0 Smoothbore National Class? Like, what would you go build if you were going to go build your dream sled pull truck with no obstacles? So if I didn't work as much as I did and I had more time on the weekends and I didn't have a baby on the way and I didn't have all these other hobbies <laughs> – and I, I wanted to travel more. I would hands down build a super stock diesel truck. Really? Uh yes. Fucking love them. They're great. Even even knowing what goes into them, yes. the amount of maintenance, the work. And yeah, the, like... I would totally regret it, but I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's not a lot of common rails. I mean, there's count on one hand the amount of common rails in the super stock class. And uh, a good friend of mine, Phil DeVries, uh, who works at Exergy. Uh, me and him go back and forth about this all the time, and we you know get really get really nerdy on what we would do if we were going to build a, a common rail um, super stock truck. And yeah, it would I would spend way too much time, and it would I would like I said I'd probably totally regret it in the end. But <laughs> building these it's it's half the hobby, you know, building building your truck or building your what you what you you envision is is half the fun. Yeah. Uh, but even running them, they're just such insane powerhouses, and it's cool. But that would be if if. I had the time to spend to travel and do all that, like doing the super stock diesel class. I mean, you're, you're running with PPL or you're running with NTPA. You're doing, you know, 20, 25 hooks a year, but every hook, you know, is five to 15 hours away. And like I said earlier, yeah. I just don't want to travel that much because <laughs> I got too much other fun stuff I like to do. So, um, but if none of that mattered and this was my only hobby, I would, I'd be building a super stock truck. No you doubt. look like you look like in a heartbeat. You'd be doing. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You thought about. This I have to talk myself out of it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I should say my brother has to talk me out of it. You really don't want to do this. You don't. This sounds <laughs> this so is a terrible. financial mistake. <laughs> you know everything about why not to do this. I'll just keep thinking about it, and maybe someday I will. I mean, maybe I'll build one, and maybe somebody at the shop will go run it if they got more time to travel or something. <laughs> I don't know. That's wishful thinking because everyone's too damn busy. <laughs> That's it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. But yeah, that's uh, that would be what I would do probably. That's wild, man. I just I 
I laugh about it because I think about like when I first got around diesels and what I thought was awesome has clearly changed compared to now. Um, but there's still no way that I would like go into a a heavy high horsepower competition. Like that's just to me. I'm like I have I have no. In- I would I would go for the like. That's that's just what's in me. I mean, the- I'm just competitive as it gets. <laughs> like. You got you go you work your right up and you just you go just, for it. The next step. Yep. Yeah. What's the next? I like it. I like it. Um, hey man, I really appreciate you carving out some time and talking to our listeners today. What advice would you give to guys who are thinking about getting into sled pulling or maybe thinking about going from work stock and stepping up to that next class? If you're gonna I mean, it's fun. The biggest thing is get out there and experience it and enjoy it. I mean, you don't necessarily have to have all the best parts get some secondhand stuff, you know, borrow stuff from your buddies. I mean, that's where it all started. I remember borrowing a hypertech programmer from a kid at school when I was 17. <laughs> and it, it's no different. Like, if you've never truck pulled and you're scared to do it, don't think that you need to have all of the big badass stuff because you just got to get a taste of it, and then you're really hooked. And I'll say sorry now. But <laughs> <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're interested in going truck pulling, I mean, get a hold there's in the midwest anyways there's a lot of local organizations a lot of brush pulls a lot of small time stuff county fairs things like that everyone's got a stock class and you don't need to have all kinds of fancy parts or a ton of money i mean a couple basics wouldn't hurt get a decent hitch don't put some junk hitch on there you see enough trucks get separated from the sled because they have some shitty hitch on it no don't worry those chains um, will stop yeah that. traction bars aren't a bad idea if you're running a duramax crank your bars down don't do the freaking wave um and just go out and try it. Just go out and have fun. Uh, I mean, that would be definitely entry-level suggestion advice is just go out and give it a shot and don't worry about anything else and go out and have fun because you will. I guarantee it. It is. There's no blast. doubt about it. If you're any bit of a gearhead, you're going to have a blast. I always joke about sled pulling because, you know, you spend all this money, you spend all this time. And honestly, it doesn't matter if you're in the work stock class or if you're in the, the super stock class. Uh, you do like 30 miles an hour. Top speed, 35. <laughs> like, like, so you spend all this money, you have all this horsepower, and the, like, you're like, oh, man, it's so much fun. And like from the stands, to be honest with you, watching it, like the first five trucks go 30 miles an hour, I'm like, cool. And then after like an hour, I'm like, oh, I'm going to take a stroll. But, but being in the truck one time, you will glue your ass to that seat for every sled pull you attend after that. Because yep. all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I get it. Oh, oh, I and you start watching to be and asking questions and talking to other guys in the pits that maybe have been doing a little longer. And that's when you're making buddies. And that's when you really start spending money and having fun <laughs> and late nights working in the shop and pissing off the girlfriend of the wife. But that's part of it. I mean, that's just part of guys and hobbies and that's it, man. having fun going out and uh, and doing that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah. And then once you get up from there, um, the biggest thing you can do is, you know, make some buddies, have fun, make some buddies, have fun. Uh to take advice from guys that have been doing it longer. I mean, there's a lot of veteran truck pullers out there, and some of them might not tell you much, but other guys will be more than willing to help a newcomer. I mean, we see it every year with ISP. Like I said, I've been a part of ISP for many years, and, and every year there's a couple of new guys. Oh, who's this guy? you never seen him around before. And you'll see him trickle in, and you see him get hooked, obviously, and then they're there at every event. And, <laughs> and then within a couple of years, you know, they work their way up. And if you if you make friends and you ask questions and you get advice, you can save yourself some headache and some money and getting the right parts and doing the right things and maybe saving some breakage. Obviously, that's half the fun of stock class. Everyone's breaking shit. But, <laughs> you know, you want to prevent it if you can. Yeah. Um, you know, things like traction bars. Like, it's, it's a wise investment if you think you're going to go truck pulling more than once. <laughs> um, yeah. So, 
That's good, man. I think that's good advice. Uh, hey, while we got you here, I know we talked at the top of the show about some new products over at Duramax Tuner. I'm always keeping my eye on you guys as well. It's been a crazy year. Your catalog has definitely expanded throughout 2020. What can our listeners look forward to in 2021? Yeah, so we talked a little bit earlier. I had mentioned earlier in the show when we when I, when I we had our uh, truck pull event, we bought some property down the street from our current shop um, because we're on a pretty uh, pretty regular outgrow, uh, um, overgrowing of our shop space. We've been uh, religiously every three years running out of space. Um, and 2021 marks three years in our <laughs> current shop. Um <laughs> So we bought a piece of property down the street, and we're in the process of um, design and working on a potential new building uh, for next year. Bigger facility, uh, able to expand um, some of our divisions. You know, our, our powder coat shop, which we've been really well known in the industry for our you know high quality powder coat work and a lot of custom stuff, and you know, really letting you customize the underhood of your truck and making it what you want it to be. Um, and we used to offer that service to just walk-in customers, you know, guys coming off the street that are, you know, rebuilding their old John Deere snowmobile or their old trike three-wheeler. Um, but unfortunately, about a year and a half ago, we kind of started turning away the outside work just because we didn't have the capacity. We were out of space in the shop, and, you know, we're running two shifts, and we just don't have the time because WC Fab is so busy, which obviously all of our great customers, all you listeners out there, we totally appreciate it. But we really, you know, want to try and get back into some of these other guys, these enthusiasts and hobbyists that, Want to have some of that powder coat work. So the new shop, you know, we're, we're planning on expanding the powder coat shop quite a bit and starting to bring in some outside work again. You know, obviously we're talking a year from now or so, but um, expanding all parts of the shop, more R&D, uh, more new product, hopefully more new vehicles. We, we hear all you six, seven Ford owners out there, and I'm sorry. It's, it's been a long time <laughs> coming. Um, we, we've been obviously big Duramax guys for many years and you know, quite a bit of coming stuff too. And we, we hear everybody with all the requests for the 6.7 Power Stroke, and we want to go down that road. And, you know, hopefully in, hopefully in the years down the road here, we'll have the space and the time and the manpower to get into that. It's just, uh, you know, we've been really busy with the Duramax stuff. And, you know, 2020 has been a great year for us. I, I know we've probably had 20 or 30 new products released this year, a lot of new stuff, a lot of cool stuff. And, you know, we want to keep it going, and we need the space. And uh, so we're, we're excited to expand again in the, in the coming year or two. And on top of that, if we have any listeners out there that are that are in this category, um, the side-by-sides. A lot of you diesel truck owners own side-by-sides, and like any uh, horsepower junkie, um, adrenaline junkie like myself, <laughs> uh, we like going fast and doing crazy shit. So we, uh, we've got side-by-sides, and we love, we love riding them and uh, driving them. I, I get them mixed up because I talk motocross <laughs> and I talk side-by-sides and some people call them cars and I still call it a bike. It's like it's not a bike, it's a car. <laughs> so you'll, you'll hear me use the wrong lingo because I got, I'm involved in too much of that stuff. But uh, the side-by-side market. So 2020, we, we quietly, softly launched uh, WC Fab Side-by-Side, another little uh, spin-off brand of the WC Fab brand, um, spin-off company of the WC Fab brand. And in 2021, we plan on getting, we're going to have a whole product line launched for the Honda Talon, which is a new model, obviously, just came out a couple years ago. There's not a ton of aftermarket support like the Razor or the Can-Am might have. So we started with the Talon. Uh, We've got a Talon of our own. We've got about a half a dozen buddies with them. And we've been beating the shit out of them all year (laughs) with a bunch of our parts, a bunch of cool shit, bumpers, rock sliders, radius rods, uh, lower doors, bumpers, roll cages, you know, all all the typical bolt on stuff. Um, so watch out for next year. We're going to have uh, some, some side-by-side product coming, and once we get that machine dialed in, I know we'll be spending some time on the Razor and the Can-Am, so 
So you can am and razor owners out there, sit tight. We're we're not going to forget about you. We'll get to you too. So with moving into the new building, it's going to allow some more space uh, for that business as well. And hopefully we can find the time to continue developing new product for that one and keep exciting shit coming for all you horsepower junkies and adrenaline enthusiasts <laughs> out there. I'm excited, man. Uh, hey, before we let you go, who do you want to give a shout out to? Uh, my wonderful wife, Brittany. <laughs> she, uh, we got married earlier um, this year in July. A long time coming. We've Look been, at that smile. Been, I know you're, I know for, you're uh, so recently married. You still smile yeah, when you say yeah. it. Well, yeah. we got a, We got a baby boy on the way, so we got to have someone carry on this Woo-hoo. madness. Uh, baby boy due in April, so we're excited about that. Uh, keep up with his, uh, his his little nephew. My brother Ryan had a boy about a year and a half ago, so we've got a lot of fun stuff coming. You know, it's a family business. Uh, we love it. We enjoy it. You know, for you guys out there that maybe don't know much about us, uh, we are eat, sleep, and breathe horsepower <laughs> and adrenaline. You know, not just diesel. Like I said earlier, we're into all sorts of all sorts of motorsports and just sports in general. Um, you know, the business, like I said, my wife, uh, she, she works for us there in the office and, and helps with the office staff. And uh, my brother, Ryan, um, he's helped me with this business from day one. Uh, both my younger brothers, uh, Mitch, Mitch runs a powder coat shop. He is the detail man slinging the pow. <laughs> and uh, my youngest brother, Chad, he is the uh, CNC man. He is doing all the cam work and uh, running all the CNCs. We got uh, four CNC machines there. We're running and keeping busy and keeping him on his toes. Always running new parts and working on new shit. And Chad, make me this. Chad, make me that. So yeah, I uh, remember Chad. Best interview ever. Said four words. Yeah, that's that's typical Chad. He's quiet. He's quiet, but he'll 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 open up. He'll open up eventually. Um, no, the whole family, the whole crew, uh, WC Fab, the whole team. You know, we got an excellent team. I can't say enough about them. A uh, lot of diehard guys that just love what they do. And I tell you what, because we're talking right to our, our enthusiasts and our friends and our customers out there, everybody in the shop loves reading reviews and reading comments when we post YouTube videos or if we have a happy customer leave a review for us um, or just commenting on social media. I can't, there isn't a single guy in the shop that doesn't have WC Fab social media first notifications on their phone. <laughs> and I love hearing the stories about the guys in the shop when they, when they see uh, the customers that that love the product and the quality or just the experience of working with WC Fab. Like it puts a smile on everybody's face in the shop and it goes a long way. And we really appreciate our customers. We appreciate everyone that supports us and lets us do what we want to do. I mean, we love what we do. It's, it's our everyday thing. And I spend way too much time at work and (laughs) I'm sorry, Brittany, but we all love it and we know it. And it's what (laughs) keeps all this growing. And that's why we're just doing more and more shit and keeping up on new product and trying to be at the forefront, you know, with the L5P and, and everything. So, you know, I can't, can't thank everybody enough, the whole team, all the customers, all the support. Ten years, it's been awesome. Um, if you made it out to the event, I hope you had fun. If not, hopefully we'll see you at the next anniversary event. If not, you paid to get in anyways, fuckers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, for real, Jason, thank you so much for, for, like I said, carving out some time for our listeners, joining me for the show today. I really appreciate it. Guys, if you're asking where Chris Emke is, give him a call over at his extension. That's 815-568-7920, extension 2121. Ask him why he missed today's recording. Uh, for today, this has been Paul Wilson. And Jason Worley. Thanks for listening. How do I start these? Thank you for joining us. Holy shit. Holy shit. (laughs)